All right. Welcome, everyone, to He's Done It, a mostly sports podcast. I'm Corey Novotny, and I'm joined today, as always, by my co-host, Brian Wells. In this week's episode, we'll be talking about Tiger Woods, talk about the single car crash that he got into, uh, just some of the the fallout from that, and we'll also talk about NFL and some of the quarterback movement that we have already seen with Carson Wentz being traded from the Eagles to the Colts, and we'll potentially see with Deshaun Watson and now Russell Wilson having trade rumors floated around about them. We'll also talk some NBA. The Celtics have been struggling lately. We'll give our thoughts on potentially ways that they can improve things, as well as talk about some of the biggest surprises around the league, as this is uh, our first real time talking about the NBA in the past couple months. Finally, we'll wrap up today's episode with our five question segment, where we'll have questions about the NHL outdoors at Lake Tahoe, Twitter introducing a new paid for feature called super follows and pokemon celebrating its 25th anniversary so with that let's get started All right, so Brian, we are back, and I know that we said last time that we were going to try to talk uh, less about sports and you know have more non-sports topics, and we will get to some stuff in today's episode, but uh, we weren't originally going to record this week, and we decided to not necessarily do an emergency podcast, given that it's been like a couple days, but we did kind of make this somewhat last minute decision to get an episode out there and a big part of the reason why is because of news that broke earlier this week as Tiger Woods was involved in a single car crash that has uh, left him with serious leg injuries so uh, we figured all right there's a uh, other stuff to talk about but let's let's start at the top with Tiger Woods and his uh, scary accident. Yeah, it's cer- it was certainly a scary thing to read about and hear about um, what happened to Tiger and the the fact that there were surgeons and doctors saying that he's actually lucky to be alive is is certainly cause for concern. Uh, and how can you not be concerned given who it is? Uh, in Tiger Woods, the most popular golfer uh, in the, the history of the sport, and he's had his fair share of of incidents. Uh, with with car crashes or car incidents where uh, years ago he was arrested for uh, a DUI sort of and I, so my my original thoughts were okay he definitely he definitely did something uh, that made that caused him to drive off the road and he wasn't uh, normal behind the wheel but uh, it looks like hearing from what the sheriff said in LA that it was just a normal car accident and 
uh, and he's lucky to be alive. And but how can you not how can you not question, given who it is in this in this situation? Yeah, I mean, it, I think that's that's something that a lot of people started to think about as uh, as the news broke out. I, I mean, initially, there's obviously the shock that comes into it, and just like the 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 tragedy, like you know, start having like flashbacks, to, like Kobe and his death. Um, just a little over a year ago. I think that that's just like a, another surreal moment hearing this about Tiger. But they did say there's no alcohol in his system. But I do know that the last time, like when he had that DUI, it was because he was driving under the influence of painkillers. Right. So I don't know if those have actually been ruled out. I know that Tiger's been dealing with some back problems recently that were going to potentially keep him out of the Masters. So yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that's a significant thing in this case you know obviously the only one hurt was him but it's it's still like a scary thing just thinking about just all around like what what has uh what's led to this and like you said I mean, we're lucky that tiger is still alive it's a scary thing uh, but yeah i mean there's obviously going to be a lot of questions around just what exactly caused this yeah i mean i wouldn't be surprised if there were painkillers involved i mean I watch as someone that is as big of a golf fan as I am. I was watching the Genesis Invitational, and I saw his interview with Jim Nance, and he didn't look too great. He looked really gloomy. And when Jim Nance asked him, "How, how what are your chances on playing in the Masters? Do you think you'll be able to play?" and he says, "Like I hope so," and but he says it with a you know depressing tone. And and so even before the accident, I'm thinking, is Tiger uh, is he 100 percent there or? I, I he's he's still dealing like like you said he's still dealing with back issues, and now he's even dealing with more injuries and who knows how long he'll even be out for now if he can even play in the Masters this year or or other tournaments. So there's definitely concern there. And like you said, yeah, we lost Kobe a year ago, and I know John Rom talked about that. So uh, for him, for Tiger to be in that situation uh, is certainly. It, gives you perspective on wow we we lost one big star just a year ago and now we could have lost another and i liked what rory mcelroy said uh when he was asked about the uh, about tiger woods's car crash and saying you know golf is so far down the list and uh there are kids involved that his kids involved are lucky to uh still have their dad and he's he's still around and which is so much higher on the list than golf right now. So I, I like that he said that as well. And I'm glad he's okay. And hopefully, uh, hope, yeah. And hopefully he'll get back soon. Yeah. And he's, he's obviously gone through a ton of adversity in his career from, you know, injuries and off the field incidents. And he's, he's got uh, literally, he's, continued to... he's got literally nine lives. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's continued to battle back. He's continued to succeed on the course. I certainly hope that we get to see him play again. I mean, I think at this point you can rule out, uh, any time in, in, uh, you know, at least the, the immediate future in 2021, probably the entire year, just given, uh, you know, from what, what the sounds of it are with his injury. I know that, uh, having, a lot of leg problems is something that will keep guys out of other sports and even in golf. Like I would, I would think that he would, uh, he would have some trouble getting back quickly. So, uh, I guess it's kind of like a strange thing because I can't really think of any times where we've seen like a career ending injury occur to someone just like off the field, off the court, whatever. And like a, and, an instance like this you know anytime you see those major injuries it's it's during a game 
So I think it's kind of, that's just like another crazy aspect to this is you're all just hearing all these reports. You're seeing some of this footage, but you didn't actually see Tiger get injured. So it's like, it's hard to kind of have just thoughts like that. It's not like you're watching the Alex Smith injury or the Ryan Shazier injury. It's just like, I feel like that's another thing that just kind of makes this whole or, thing or Tony difficult Romo. for me to process. Yeah, just like any guy who like had had a bad injury happen that just kind of ended their career or at least uh, put it on on hold for a while. And Tigers certainly has had his fair share of injuries beforehand, and he's be able to co- overcome that adversity and and win a Masters and win even before that win a Tour Championship and and compete in other majors. So I, yeah, he'll probably be out for a while. I don't know how exact exactly how long, whether if it's just for the Masters and other tournaments, tournaments, or if it's for the entire season. But uh, I certainly would like to think that he can overcome it if he's overcome other stuff in the past as well. But we'll see. When when all like the news broke, it felt like there were a ton of ton of people in the sports world, like Stephen A. Smith and others, like putting out like video essays about Tiger's legacy and impact and all this stuff. And I was like, did he die? Like, do you guys know stuff that we don't know? Like, is this, is this it? And like, that's kind of, there I were, think that's, that's there put were it a into lot perspective of, even more. Like there are a lot of maybe over the top gushy posts and tweets about Tiger. Yeah. Uh, like and, that, and even that's CNN, definitely what it felt like. Even CNN went overboard with Tiger's incident and, yeah, I'll admit, <laughs> as as much as I'm thinking about that and hoping he gets well soon, I'm definitely a huge fan of him, especially in golf. Uh, I, <laughs> there are definitely some over-the-top things I saw uh, after after what happened. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that this will be the end for Tiger Woods. I mean, obviously, I, I say this as someone, like I said, I have no idea what actually happened. I don't know what his leg is like. I don't know what it's like for someone, for a golfer to come back from the injuries he suffered. But it, it did feel like that was significantly premature. So, uh, you know, I, I think that a lot of that talk has kind of cooled down in the past couple of days. There's certainly going to be more updates, more stories about Tiger being transferred to, to different hospitals in L.A. and uh, just as he goes through this recovery process, but I, I'm certainly hoping for the best with him because he's been a uh, he's been very fun to watch play golf for the last you know however many years since I have actually cared enough about he, he's golf. He's the so. he's the biggest draw in the sport, and it's not even close. I yes, can't absolutely. <laughs> I, I can't influence casual fans to oh you gotta check out Justin Thomas or Jordan Spieth. Like no, the Tiger is the only one that really makes a mark on the game and gets other casual fans interested to just to be brutally honest yep yep so it's it's definitely going to be tough uh you know watching major golf events knowing that tiger is not going to be competing you know in the the foreseeable future so that's another reason why i just i hope he's back because it's just more interesting when he's at least in the conversation i'm still going to be interested of course but i i just know if you're not a hardcore fan it's hard it's harder to watch if he's not there Absolutely. All right, so let's uh, let's move on and let's talk NFL. So the off season hasn't even officially started. The new league year, free agency, all that. We're still almost a month away. Yet the NFL, it's a 365 day a year league. There's already been a lot of uh, news, a lot of stories, and even some major moves involving quarterback trades. And the most recent one happening last week. 
the Philadelphia Eagles sending former number two overall pick Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts for a third round pick this year and a conditional second round pick next year that can go to a first. I believe if Wentz plays 75% of snaps for the Colts this year. So every all the the drama and stuff about Carson Wentz and his huge contract it's it's all gone the Eagles taking on a huge dead cap getting him off he gets a chance for a fresh start in Indianapolis so just uh I think the the big question to ask in regards to this right now is who is the biggest winner of this trade I would say Carson Wentz himself as the biggest winner just because yeah for for the past year or so he's basically been broken and some of that is his own doing he certainly did not inspire others to look at him highly given his performance and there were also a lot of rumors saying that yeah he wanted out which which obviously turned out to be and and he was there was a lot of stuff going on once Hertz became the guy and and I don't know how that looks on Wentz. Maybe he's not only physically fragile, but he might be mentally fragile. I don't know, but he's now in a place where he gets to come back with Frank Reich in Indianapolis. And I think, I think it's a steep price what Indianapolis paid for to get Wentz a second and a third rounder. But when you factor in what team he's going to, like I said, he's going, going back with his old OC and Frank Reich. But not only that, he's now, with a good old line led by guys like Quentin Nelson, and he has a great running game. Jonathan Taylor is, uh, I think, he's going to break out even more next season. And Naeem Hines, a great third down guy as well. And they got a great defense led by Darius Leonard and DeForest Buckner, and uh, I, and they're a playoff team with Philip Rivers, who was on the verge of retirement. So I, I think we can expect. I don't want to say Wentz is now going to be the MVP in the MVP conversation next year or anything like that, but I. I would not be surprised if we see a bounce back from Carson Wentz next season and and I think I think it's really going to benefit him given where he is cuz if let's say the Patriots made this move I'll just use that as an example because they need a quarterback and I know the team pretty well of course if let's say the Patriots made this move I don't know if I'd like it because there are just way too many holes on their team but when you look at where he is in Indianapolis I I think it makes all the sense in the world to to trade for him and I think if I were a Colts fan I'd be happy with it see I was hoping that you would pick one of the teams because like I agree with you the biggest winner it's not necessarily the Colts or the Eagles they're probably both winners here but the biggest winner is Carson Wentz for all the reasons you said just getting out of Philadelphia it was clearly a bad situation he gets a chance for a fresh start but also teaming up with Frank Reich who was his offensive coordinator in 2017 when he put up an MVP caliber season and of course things went bad for him following the injury and there are questions about whether or not he can return to that you would think that of all the situations he'd have gone to Indianapolis made the most sense because of that connection I don't know like you said if we're gonna see him back at those heights but I do think that we're gonna see a, a lot of improvement out of him in terms of the two sides the Eagles they got rid of Carson once they he was unhappy. This gives him a chance to move on to either Jalen Hurts or if they really want to, they could draft a quarterback with a sixth overall pick. So they, they have opportunities now to rebuild their team in the post-Wentz era. They also got two day two picks for him. 
and they only get two day two picks if he turns out to be just as bad in Indianapolis that they decide to move on from him. Because if he's good, then all of a sudden they get a first round pick for him uh, in 2022. So I think it's a great trade for the Eagles. In terms of the Colts, like you said, they kind of gave up a lot, but they're only giving up a lot if he turns out to be the franchise quarterback that they're hoping he is. And, uh, you know, for all those reasons, the Colts have a great team. The, this idea that they entered the offseason just a quarterback away. I don't know if Wentz will be that guy, but I think that, uh, you know, for what they gave up and for what they're getting, like there's there's enough reason for the Colts to be happy about this. So to me, the biggest winner, Carson Wentz getting out of Philly, going to Indianapolis, and both teams can feel good about this right yeah. now. Yeah, I didn't even pick either team. I just picked the person involved in the trade. Yeah, so we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely intrigued to see how he does this year, to what extent he bounces back. Um you know the Colts were a playoff team last year, and they they definitely could be dangerous. But there's uh there's also reason to be like, okay, maybe 2020 Carson Wentz is kind of what we're gonna keep getting, and it's not just a, a change of scenery that was needed. So we'll see. That wouldn't that wouldn't surprise me either. That. Yeah, I I I've, I obviously put more of the blame on what was surrounding him and the coaching staff, of course. But it would it wouldn't surprise me if a lot of the if if he just struggles next season, and a lot of the blame maybe actually should have gone to him rather than everyone else. Yeah, I mean, I was always kind of back and forth between how much blame Wentz really deserved, but he's not going to have those excuses anymore. He has right. a roster that's ready to compete for a championship. It's just all up to him at this point. I completely agree. So Carson Wentz traded from the Eagles to the Colts uh, a few weeks ago before the Super Bowl you saw Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff trade places and there's an expectation that there will be a lot more quarterback movement a lot of guys are free agents a lot of teams are looking to upgrade at the position and there are several guys who could potentially be trade candidates and of course the most prominent name that has been talked about for the past month or so is Houston Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson Watson just last summer, signed a big extension with the Texans, and a year later, after the team went four and eleven, hired uh, David Cully as their head coach, Nick Casario, more importantly, as their general manager. Uh, Watson no longer wants to be a part of the team. So, I don't know what the Texans will do. They have been adamant about not wanting to trade Watson. They've been adamant about you know wanting to to keep this together and try to solve this. But what do you think the Texans should do given Watson's feelings and you know what they could potentially get? They should trade him. him. <laughs> they should absolutely <laughs> trade him and get the absolute most for him in return. And it's clearly it's obvious that Deshaun Watson does not want to play for the Houston Texans anymore, and I don't blame him whatsoever. I feel like I've I think all of us have been saying for for quite some time now that it's really Watson just carrying the team. And when you trade his his best weapon for uh, a, an aging running back and a second rounder, and and you, you, you're not helping him, you're only making things worse. And I, I, I remember when the Houston, when the season ended and there was a video of JJ Watt and Deshaun Watson walking right next to each other. And JJ Watt's like, I'm sorry, man. Like we just wasted one of your seasons. That's how, that's exactly how I would feel if I were in that position. And and I if I if I'm Watson, I'm I'm taking a hard stance, and I I don't blame him whatsoever for for doing it because he's had to do everything there, and he has 
not ha- had a great supporting cast whatsoever outside of Hopkins for for the short for the short time that they were together and uh, if I'm him I'm getting the heck out of there and uh I don't know what I don't know what Houston's doing they're they're a joke franchise yeah, the Texans absolutely have to trade him. Watson doesn't want to be there. And it's it's not even just about like the personnel, like the different guys on the roster. It's all about these like broken promises. It goes all the way up to the top of the leadership with President Jack Easterby oh, and yeah, owner he, he... Cal McNair. Like these guys just ruined it for Watson. And then when they went out and hired GM Nick Casario without Watson's input, like they promised they would give him that that just set him over the edge and it didn't matter who they brought in as a head coach and I, I feel bad for Cully because I think that you know he's someone who is is getting into a really terrible situation already and now he's his star quarterback doesn't want to be there like it just feels like he's set up for failure he said, yeah he's certainly but, set up for failure There's yeah no I mean it's it. If if I'm the Texans, I I get the idea of wanting to make this work. I mean, this kind of reminds me of the Steelers situation with Antonio Brown, where they really wanted to make it work, but eventually they were smart enough to know we just got to cut bait, we got to trade him, and they they wound up getting a third and a fifth round pick, which at the time felt like nothing, and six months later it was like they got a third and a fifth round pick for Antonio Brown (laughs) and that's not even the situation with Watson. You're gonna get three first round picks. You might get like your next starting quarterback out of this so yeah you're gonna I, get a you're gonna get a haul it's just like it's like James Harden where he where I, I know he not the same work ethic but James Harden yeah he clearly wanted out and they were the Rockets were still able to get a, a big haul for him they got like four first rounders and there were other players moved moved uh moved around because I think it was a three team three-way trade but it, it's it's kind of like that and you have a disgruntled star and who wants out and has wants nothing to do with you. I, I, it makes all the sense in the world to get, get the most for him and, and get, get something back so you can rebuild and, and start over because they're not going to win with what they have right now. If it's just Watson and uh, guys that can't help him. Yeah. And the team doesn't have a first or a second round pick this year anyway. So like, yeah, the Laramie Tunsil Tunsil trade was, was also not great. I mean, Tunsil's good, but it was not, I don't, in my opinion, I don't think it was worth what Bill O'Brien made a lot of bad moves. He gave up a lot for little in return. And uh, the Texans are feeling the, you know, the after effect of that. And they're going to continue to feel the after effect of that, especially with, with the Deshaun Watson situation right now. Uh, they absolutely need to find a way to move, like, to just not even find a way. Like, there are teams that are calling the Texans and they're leaving voicemails because they're just not even answering. It's just voicemails of trade offers. Like, it's it's just, uh, it's it's a crazy situation that I, I just know Houston is going to find a way to just totally drop the ball in this one. And there's just no reason for it. So... Uh, you know, I guess that being said, there are a lot of teams that are being attached to Watson. You know, a lot of fans are going to like sit there and say that they want him. But there, there's only so many that are realistic in terms of draft capital and, you know, player compensation and stuff and the, the salary cap. Watson has a huge cap it. So, uh, so, so the way I, I've been like trying to look at this is just what does Watson do for the certain teams he's connected to? And I think there's only one team that is kind of realistic. They've been talked about. It makes sense from cap space, draft picks, all that stuff to be able to bring in Deshaun Watson and immediately become Super Bowl contenders. 
and that's the San Francisco 49ers. I was also going to say the same team as well. I mean, I I think, in my opinion, I don't think they they trust Jimmy. I I don't think they trust him to stay on the field, and I I think they want to move on from Jimmy. And but the only way to do that, from what I've been hearing, and I think most people would agree, is that they have to get someone better than Jimmy. They have to they have yeah, to really I mean, improve <laughs> at the position. Of course, I know uh, that's stating the obvious, but they're not they're not going to move on from Jimmy if they can't get if they can't drastically improve at the position. And so I think I think it makes all the sense in the world if they get Watson because if they get Watson then they can make another run at a Super Bowl and they would obviously get rid of Jimmy and and the contract that he has right now. So I think it makes sense in the all, in all the world and I think Shanahan Shanahan's offense would work better for Watson as well than than with Garoppolo. The 49ers are only a year removed from going to the Super Bowl. A lot of things went wrong for them, just and really just all around the same point of injuries. Everyone got hurt for them, especially on defense. So uh, they 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 would be a Super Bowl contender even with Jimmy Garoppolo if everyone is healthy. So upgrading to Sean Watson would would certainly put them near the top of that conversation. After that, I, I don't know if there's a significant drop-off, but there are a few teams. Like There's really three teams that I look at and say, okay, they'd be on the doorstep. They can get to Super Bowl contention status in 2021 with a few other moves, but bringing in Watson right away doesn't ensure anything. The Texans went 4-11-1 with, with him, so he clearly needs some help. And uh, those three teams for me are the Dolphins, the Patriots, and the Raiders. So I think all three of those teams, they all missed the playoffs, but they, they were all relatively in the picture. The Dolphins were 10-6. and six. The Raiders kind of lost some big games down the stretch. They still finished 8-8. Eight and eight. And then the Patriots, 7-9, and nine, had some good wins. You know, all three of those teams, I think they, they all have things to like. In the case of the Dolphins and the Patriots, they have really great defenses. The, the Patriots have a great offensive line. The Raiders, they, they have a bad defense, but they, they have some bright spots, and their, their offense has some weapons. I think if you plug Watson into any of those teams, he can get them into playoff contention status, and you know there's like a path to see them getting into Super Bowl status somewhat quickly, but maybe not immediately in 2021. I can see the Dolphins as a as a case for case, uh, for Watson. But when they have, they would have to trade Tua though, right? Like have yeah, to be, they would have, have to... to be Watson for Tua and other picks. Yep. Uh, yep. For the Patriots, I I just don't see it. Just because I think they want, I, they still want to save money at the position, and I don't think they want to take on the cap space that it would take to get Watson. Uh, even even at the most important position in, in sports, I don't think Belichick is willing to do that. But, uh, I can see it from a Raiders standpoint, but they would they, they would obviously have to move Carr and 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 Mariota as well. Like if Mariota if Mariota if they don't want to keep him as a backup, but I'm I'm sure they can get uh, plenty of pieces back for those guys. So I can and I I don't know if Gruden trusts Carr either. So. I don't. I don't. He's I don't been think, every off season. They've been talking about there. Are, there are, there are rumors him. every year saying that yeah, Gruden wants to move on from him. He doesn't believe in him. And uh, I, I yeah, I can see that. I can see that happening as well. They're definitely some dark horse teams. So I guess do you agree with the idea that Watson coming in doesn't immediately make them Super Bowl contenders? But they're they're close. They're like they're almost. Yeah, there. I'm. Yeah, like in t- those teams. I think for the Niners. They would be. However, their division is much better, 
and, and especially yeah, the with, NFC West is probably the toughest in the league. So. Yeah, so you have to factor that in. But yeah, for the Dolphins and Raiders, and I guess Patriots, if if that were to actually happen, those teams would certainly improve, and they'd be fighting for a playoff spot, and maybe even get in the playoffs. But I don't see either of them being like Super Bowl contenders or immediately at least. They would they would need They'd to be, do more work. But. Right, exactly. They're definitely would be. All those teams would need more work to do uh, on both sides of the ball. It, it diff- differs for all the teams. Like Raiders, their defense has always sucked uh, ever since Gruden has been there. And then for the Patriots, they have a good defense, but they have no weapons to surround Watson with. And then the Dolphins, I think they're an uprising team, but I feel like t- this might be – I don't know. I, I don't know if you agree with me on this, but I feel like Tua was not that great last year. Like I think he was solid no, or he's, okay, yeah. but I don't think he would – it was convincing that he would – like, oh, this is the guy for the future. I, I don't know. I don't I, I don't, don't how- think that the Dolphins should move on from Tua and replace him with a quarterback in this draft class. I know they have the number three overall pick. They have the possibilities. I don't think they should do that. I think they should look to bring in, like, a weapon. Uh, you know, I, I would – A lot I would, of top wide receivers. Yeah, I would still wait it out with Tua. Uh, and and get a get some receivers and some O line help. I but yeah, he wasn't as good as as Herbert or even Burrow before he got hurt. I, I think he was the, definitely the third guy of those three last year. That being said, if you can turn Tua into Sean Watson, you do that. Oh yeah, Watson, you know is is a sure thing. It's I, I would not do a that. Trading one lottery pick for another lottery pick. I, I would so. do that in a second. Yeah. Um, and then th- this, there's an, an even bigger drop off. I think three teams where it's like, okay, you know, that maybe you could even throw any of them in that above group, but they're probably even further behind, uh, teams like Washington, Chicago, Denver, where Watson will make them better. He's going to improve at the quarterback position, but all three of those teams are, are kind of far away. I know yeah, Washington and Chicago I, barely snuck into the playoffs, but Chicago is that one's tough because I've. I know they snuck into the playoffs, but th- th- see the thing is, I I I've, I always say Trubisky sucks, and if you put Watson in for him, who knows how good they would be? Whether if they would remain this a little bit better, or if they actually become su- legit Super Bowl contenders, I just think it'd be funny if if the Bears got him just because they yeah. drafted Trubisky and then. 10 picks later the just Texans take Watson and then right they decide to trade later. a haul <laughs> to get Watson. I just think it'd be uh pretty pretty humorous if they they went after him and got him. Uh, but yeah, yeah. for the, those other two teams even with Watson I don't think they'd make the playoffs. Maybe Washington just because they did make it but yeah, they're not in, in, a, in such division. a future division but yeah. that'd be the only reason why I would say Washington could get in just because their division still sucks. But Denver yeah, and- I don't I don't think they'd get in either way Watson or or not yeah, there might be some other teams that you know in in a crazy scenario it could happen but I, I think that there's really just two more teams and they're arguably the two teams that are the most likely to make it happen just given what they can offer that's the New York Jets and the Carolina Panthers where I don't know if bringing in Watson makes them even a playoff team but it, it would certainly make those teams better they would they would definitely have a long way to go. So I don't know if it would be worth it for those two to give up all the assets it takes, even though I think that they, if they wanted to, Houston, that would be the kind of deal that they could not pass up on. Yeah, Carolina would certainly have to give up a haul, and they'd probably give up McCaffrey, but then why would you want uh, an overpaid running back? But Houston loves getting running backs <laughs> in bad trades, so I think it makes all the sense in the world to get him. Get get another running back that 
Yeah, I, I like McCaffrey a lot, but it's really just for fantasy in terms of like actually winning football games. You can only do so much at the running back position, and I don't think that would. I I I think Carolina would win the trade if it, if if it were Watson for McCaffrey and some picks. I don't know. That's just me. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that if if you're Carolina, you absolutely give up McCaffrey in a heartbeat if you yeah. land Deshaun Watson. Yeah. So and then what was and what was the other the, team? The New York Jets. Oh, the, yeah. The I mean, well, the Jets just <laughs> suck. Period. They have they, a long anything, way to go. I mean, if you bring in Watson, yeah. Anything if you bring in help. Watson, maybe maybe other guys are even more likely to want to go there. But yeah, I mean, I I think that they they have a ways to go. So, um. Sean Watson, not the only franchise quarterback who is being tied to trade rumors. Now, not as strong, but still something to to watch for in the coming weeks, Russell Wilson. So The Athletic put out a report about a meeting before a game against the Cardinals. It was on Thursday Night Football. The Seahawks were coming off back-to-back losses against the Bills and the Rams games in which Wilson turned the ball over a combined seven times. And he said, I want to be a bigger part of the offense. I want us to do things this way. And the Seahawks, I guess, you know, whoever he was in the meeting with coaches and uh, other personnel said, Nope, uh, we're, we're not going to consider this. And Wilson stormed out of the room. And a couple months later, the Seahawks were eliminated from the playoffs in the wildcard round, losing pretty badly to the Los Angeles Rams at home. So it still feels kind of crazy that Russell Wilson could potentially be traded, but do you understand why he might be unhappy with yeah. the situation? Yeah, Seattle? absolutely. I think, I, I think Wilson wants more of a say in personnel decisions and, and the offense. And I, I, I listened to an interview with him and Dan Patrick and Dan Patrick just straight, straight up asked him, do you think, you should be more involved in those kind of decisions. And Russell Wilson stumbled with his answer, and he gave a nice way of – he gave a nice answer, but it was a nice way of saying, uh, uh, yeah, I, I want – I definitely deserve to have a bigger say in, in personnel decisions since I do everything for this team. I've had a crappy old line for all these years, and I finally have some weapons, but it's – it's really just throwing the deep ball to lock it in Metcalf and hope they get it. And uh, Carson's a decent running back, but I don't know their their offense really sucked in the second half of the year compared to what they were doing in the first half of the season. And and I think I just think Wilson he one he wants more of a say in what they're doing on offense and who they're getting, especially given how how many times he's been sacked over the years. But but also four hundred times in nine years. Yeah, that's just way too much, especially given how. How much mobility Russell Wilson yeah, he's has? Not maybe, a statue maybe, in the pocket. He's yeah. not just standing there taking hits. So. Maybe, maybe part of that blame is on him for standing too long in the pocket. But I think it's mostly because their O line is just brutal. yeah. He was sacked forty-seven times this year. Last year he was sacked a league high forty-eight times, and then the year before that he was sacked fifty-one times. So the past few years, it's been really bad. He's been taking a ton of hits. The offense is being held back by that. Like you said, they have the weapons. And Russell Wilson, he's a great quarterback. He considers himself one of the best of all time. Now, I don't know if he is maybe as high as he actually views himself. Like if he thinks he's a top five quarterback ever, 
maybe that's a little too high, but you can certainly make a legitimate argument that Russell Wilson, just based on the talent and what he's able to do, is a top 20 quarterback ever. And if the Seahawks don't feel that way, then they should absolutely be interested in trading him for a boatload, just like what the Texans can get for Deshaun Watson. And if they do think that he's like one of the greatest things ever, the greatest quarterback they've ever had, the key to their success, then they should be letting Russ cook, like like everyone's saying. So I think this really just comes down to how does Seattle view Russell Wilson? Do they think that he's the, the greatest thing to ever happen to them? Then why not? show that and if they don't if they think that he's has a ton of limitations then why not move on from him and get a ton of first round picks back and go through the rebuild I think one of the reasons why there all these trade rumors are happening with Russell Russell Wilson is uh, during that Dan Patrick interview he talked about Tom Brady's success moving on from New England and having more say uh, in personnel decisions where he brought along uh, Robert Gronkowski and Antonio Brown and and there were at, at, in the second half of the season he had more of a part in what they were doing on offense and the play calling and Bruce Bruce Arians even talked about hey like I'm I I know I'm the coach but Brady I I let him kind of coach the team sometimes and I and I bet Russell Wilson's thinking hey maybe if I go to a team where I have more of control and more of a say in what we're doing maybe I can have that same success as well as Tom Brady did in his first year with a different team yeah I mean I'm sure that there are going to be a lot of guys a lot of quarterbacks around the league who saw what in in here what happened with Brady and Tampa and the success they had when Brady was given the power and they're they're going to want the same thing so I think that Russell Wilson has has earned it with Seattle. He's only 32 years old as well. So it's like he he has so much more time to continue playing at a high level. Um, And I think that a big reason why like the trade rumors are coming out is because the, these reports that there are a list of teams that he has said he wants to go to. And I've, I've heard two different lists, but I think that the one that a lot of people are running with are the one that was reported by Adam Schefter where basically Russell Wilson has not demanded a trade, but he said if he were to be traded, he would want to be traded to either the Cowboys, the Saints, the Raiders, or the Bears. So I guess what are your thoughts on that? I don't don't know what to think of of those teams other than the fact that some of them are good and some of them maybe not as good, and and all four of them have potential. I mean, New Orleans would obviously be the best choice given what he'd be surrounded with. And then Dallas, maybe uh, whatever they do with Dak, I guess it depends what happens there. And then Chicago, I just talked about with Watson, if they get a better quarterback, they could be in the mix again. Uh, And not just a wildcard team, but maybe a division winner and maybe go deeper in the playoffs if they just have a much better option at quarterback. And and then what was the, what was the fourth team? I'm forgetting Raiders, the Raiders. Yeah. And, I can see it, him working there. I, I feel like Gruden would love Russell Wilson as well, and all. I think he'd just love to have anyone better than Derek Carr or someone more mobile than Derek Carr, and and, I, and that could work in his offense. And I so yeah, I I don't know what those four teams, where those draws, where the draws with those four teams specifically. Uh, I don't know if he. I, I think I think he wants to build a bigger brand for himself, uh, given who he's married to and. And 
how much success he's had over the years and how much he wants to win now, given how Seattle hasn't even gone past the divisional round in so long. Now I think it's been five or six years now. Uh, th- they haven't they, since they, they went ha- to the Super Bowl, right? When they blew 2014. it, fourteen. Yeah, so yeah. It's been, so it has been six years since they've even gone past the divisional round. So, uh, yeah, I think I think Russell Wilson. I, I think there's reason for him to to want out. So I mean, I when when I look at these four teams, like the, the Cowboys, Saints, and Raiders, all make sense to me for various reasons. Like you said, with like the whole building his brand, going to Vegas, going to Dallas, and in the case of the Saints, it's they have a lot of issues with cap space, but they they have a great roster. They have a lot of talent. Like Russell Wilson would be able to come in and have a lot of success, the same kind of success that Drew Brees has had for the past few years. The Bears are just like the crazy team in here. It's like what how is the Bears situation any better than Seattle? Like they That's what that's they what, have that's, a decent that's defense. Their offensive line sucks. Yeah, like how is the, that better? That's the team that's the outlier. I'm I'm thinking why Chicago? Is it because it's a big city yeah. and like that's of all and the, they got the a good defense you go, like you're gonna want to go to the the windy city just in chicago i mean isn't it arguably worse than seattle i would think so the the weather i'd imagine is even worse where it's not only, i mean it's raining in seattle instead of rain course, it's but, just but, snow but it's, and it's cold, colder but... i'd imagine in chicago and then you're getting an arguably worse coach <laughs> i don't know i, I don't know I would say you're getting a definitely worse coach. Like Nat Nagy is a huge step down from Pete Carroll. You're, you know, worse situation, terrible GM. I mean, and then and, and I, then your receivers are n- not as good because Alan who knows what Allen Robinson's going to do. Maybe he'll stick around if Russell Wilson's his quarterback. If, if he like, yeah, there's, there's so much work to do there. Like, and I love I love it. Like these are the four teams that I want to be, or I would be traded to like I don't want to be traded like this just kind of reminds me of like like a like a, a a husband and wife having some like hall pass cheating deal like like the the wife's like hey I'm I don't want to leave you but if uh if any of these guys come come calling my name like hey I gotta and then having that list is like all right you get you get four four celebrity guys you can cheat on me and uh, the Russell Wilson style list would be like a uh, Brad Pitt Channing Tatum Michael B. Jordan and Steve Buscemi, with Buscemi <laughs> being the Bears, like just three. Like I mean, I, I think the Brad Pitt Cowboys comparison is there with like '90s heartthrob, where it's like, okay, he's 57 now. Is he really the guy? Like the Cowboys, really that? What have they done in 25 years? But what woman wouldn't want to be with Brad Pitt? I was going to say guy Matt wouldn't want to be with the Cowboys. I, I was so, going to say Matt McConaughey, but. I mean, he kind of works as well. But, yeah, I mean, it's like just – I don't know. The, the Bears is such a strange one to me. Um, I, I I I saw some tweet by some Chicago guy. I, I shared it with you with uh, the top five greatest quarterbacks in Bears history. So. I, and I would legitimately take – Sid Luckman, Jay Cutler, Eric Kramer, Jim McMahon, and Russell Wilson saying he would go play for the Bears. Yeah, and I would legitimately take Russell Wilson saying he'd be he'd want to be with the Bears – like maybe at the top i'm not even joking either (laughs) they have not had great quarterback play uh for a long time now their greatest quarterback retired in 1950 that's that's how long it's been so yeah uh i i don't know i i'll I'll be shocked one thing i'll say though is if the cowboys can get russell wilson i would consider not paying dak prescott to bring in russell wilson that's the only scenario where if i'm the cowboys that i don't look to bring back dak prescott is if russell wilson is actually available and 
even then though, like you'd be spending three first round picks instead of 35 million for Dak and you'd still be paying Russell Wilson a lot. So I, I don't know if that's a super realistic one. I guess um, it just depends I, how what Dak's health is like by next season. Yeah, I well. mean, I, I'm expecting him to be healthy again. That Somebody is going to pay a decent amount like they normally would. I don't think there's going to be a huge discount, and I think you're going to get just as talented of a player. So. Um, but, for New, but for New Orleans, though, I mean, wouldn't you want to see what Taysom can do as well? I no. I, I mean, I... You already saw what Taysom Hill can do. He can he can run around a little. Yeah, but he, with a, he was. Yeah, but if if Sean Payton can commit to Taysom as the the guy, or even who knows, maybe Jameis. <laughs> if, he did, he was facing a wide rec- a practice squad wide receiver in a game, and he barely outplayed him as a quarterback. <laughs> like I think Jameis Winston makes way more sense to be. The I'll, I'll admit, I'm I'm, ba- I'm biased towards Taysom and 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 what he can do in no, fantasy. I mean, be, I. He's a gadget guy. He's a you think you, th- you think he's too much of a punt protector. You think he's too much of a gadget guy rather than he's not. A, you don't think he can be like quarterback. You don't think he could be like Lamar at all. No, no, he's nowhere near as good of a passer as Lamar Jackson. No, and I'm 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 not gonna like I'm not gonna argue it or anything. I'm just wondering if if you th- if you think they should just commit to Taysom or or even no, James. No, I mean I, I if they can get Russell Wilson, they should go out and get Russell Wilson, but. I, I don't know. I don't know how realistic this is that we're talking about it. So, all right. Anyway, let's uh let's let's move on from the football talk and let's talk a little NBA. We haven't really touched on basketball since the uh the season was starting back at the end of December when we did some of our like preseason predictions and stuff. And uh, we we talked about the James Harden trade a little bit, but that's that's really been all that we've talked about in the past couple of months. So we're gonna take this time to talk a little bit about the NBA. And a big reason why is because our favorite team, the Boston Celtics, have not been playing the greatest lately uh, at the time of recording. So they're set to play the Indiana Pacers tonight, but they're 15 and 17 right now, ninth place in the Eastern Conference, lost three straight games, and a lot is going wrong, not a lot going right. I mean, do, you, do you have like any kind of immediate solutions to the problem? No, not really. I mean, try to get someone in in a trade and get get some help for Brown and Tatum and a better better supporting who, cast. Who is the someone? Oh, I, but that's exactly it. Like, I don't know. I don't know what's realistic out there. I mean, because for years they've needed a legit big man, and they could have got that with Miles Turner in the Gordon Hay- with the yep. Gordon Hayward yep. situation, but they decided not to, and they. If Gordon Hayward go, ends up going to Charlotte and they end up missing out on Miles Tur- Turner. Now, I don't know if that would have been the right move given how much he makes, but he is leading the league in blocks per game, so he's certainly one of the best big men on the defensive end of the floor. So they're definitely that definitely could have helped if they got him, but I, I'd like to hope that they can get someone better in the, the trade, trade exception that they got. So we'll see there, but I mean... I thought 2019 was rock bottom <laughs> with how much talent that they had and how un- how much they underachieved and not even making it to the Eastern Conference Finals and Kyrie leaving and Al Horford leaving and then and, and it was just a mess even with how much talent that they had but 
I think this might actually be rock bottom because this is definitely worse, at least in this moment. Yeah, like, and just how bad they've been playing right now. And I agree with you. I think that it, this team needs to do something to address this roster. And a big man makes sense. I don't know if it's necessarily bringing in a center. I would love to see Robert Williams play more minutes. He's been great. I'd like to see him get more opportunities than. But how high Thompson is this? And Daniel Tice. How high is his ceiling? I know. I think I don't know. he has Probably a bigger ceiling. Super high. I think it's bigger a bigger ceiling than Tice because I think what Tice did last year is the absolute best he can do because I yeah, don't think I, agree with I that. think he's fallen back to earth and I don't think we're going to get that same production he had last year in the bubble I, while Robert Williams I don't see him being uh, a part of a big three or anything but I can see I, I've seen some improvement out of his game uh, he's one of the lone bright spots maybe lately and I'd like to see him get more minutes, but I don't expect him to be the, a max guy or anything at the center position. And, yeah, I would like to see him get a, a guy that can help Brown and Tatum, especially since Kemba is – I like Kemba a lot, but he definitely has knee issues still, and he's he arguably has one of the worst contracts in the entire league, and it definitely doesn't help that Smart uh, has been out for a while now. and. Uh, but yeah. I, but at I the think same the time, Smart injury has been tough for this team. Yeah, it's... I would I would have liked to see what it would have been like him covering Zion in the game where they collapsed and gave up a twenty four point deficit and lost uh, to the Pelicans. And <laughs> yeah, that that was a tough one for me because the Pelicans are my number two team, and I, I didn't want it to be a blowout. I was excited to watch the game, and then the Celtics start running away with it. I'm like, this isn't fun. So like, I, I was like happy that New Orleans battled back, but then it's like. They came all the way back, and I'm like, okay, this is an awesome win for the Pelicans, but this is such a devastating, horrendous loss for the Celtics. And then for things just continue to get worse. Like, the Mavericks game, that was so frustrating because the Celtics were down at the end. They make this huge comeback. Kemba's actually hitting shots. He went one for 12 from three against New Orleans. He's hitting some big threes, and it it looks like everything's going great. And then of course, Luca hits a a game winning three at the buzzer. And it's like, what can you do? And they didn't even have Porzingis in that game. No, no. uh, It's just, that was another frustrating one. And then the Hawks just getting, getting killed by Danilo Gallinari and Trey young. on They they made, they made Danilo Gallinari look like an all-star. That's, that's as low as it gets. The Celtics have allowed a 30 point scorer in eight straight games, which I believe is the most in franchise history. Now, some of those guys, Trey young, Bradley Beal, um, Zion Williamson, and they've also given up 30 points to Sadiq Bay. Uh, oh, I, re- I remember that game. Danilo Gallinari the, for the Hawks. So like, that was the Pistons, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember that game. <laughs> I, was, I was not happy about that, but he was he was on fire in that game. But you can't be losing to a, a, the Pistons or the Hawks or other teams that they really should be beating. But And it's frustrating because I think – I remember back in 2019 they had all these chemistry issues, and one of the reasons why I think was because of Jalen Brown. He had – this riff with Kyrie and he had this shoving thing, shoving match of Marcus Morris before a game one time. And, and he thinks he's as he thinks he's the man, or he thinks he's one of the like top, top players in the league, or he thinks of himself very highly. And, uh, and he thinks he can be a leader, but seeing what, what's happening right now with the Celtics, it Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, they're great scores, but I don't think they're, great leaders whatsoever so not only do they need a better supporting cast but they need a lot better leadership 
uh, from those guys if they're going to go anywhere this year or beyond. And uh, they need, I don't want I I bring this up a lot, but I, they need someone like Kevin Garnett, which I know is obviously impossible because since he was a rare kind of player, but they need someone that can, that has that edge and that intensity Isn't and that real leadership. smart in a way that Yes, guy? but he also thinks of himself way too highly as well, and he thinks he's Steph Curry from three, but he <laughs> just, yeah, he, he shoots brick after brick and... Sometimes he costs the Celtics some games. His big thing is the healthy. defensive side, and I agree. Like he's not, he's not like an all-star caliber player. That I don't know that the Celtics will be able to just find that guy. I think it has to be Tatum or Brown if that's that's what we're gonna look for. And I, I I don't know that I'm I'm down on either of those guys' abilities. They're both all stars this year. They've both been great. I think it's it's just finding guys to complement them. Is, is what it comes down to. And I think it's I think it's a combination of everything. I think it's not only just Brown and Tatum's lack of leadership, but I also think it's also what's surrounding them. Because I mean, who who do you really trust after those guys? And if Kemba and Marcus Smart are both out, I mean, Peyton There's Pritchard, a third guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like Peyton him, Pritchard, but Robert she, Williams, like and I, Grant I don't know. Grant Williams, who I I just think sucks and. Yeah, he's he's been disappointing this year. But yeah, no, there's a huge drop off. If you look at their roster, it's it's Tatum and Brown, and then you have Walker and Smart, and then it's a whole lot of guys where it's you don't know. Like maybe some of them have great defensive abilities. Like some of their big men are are pretty solid rebounders, and they can get you some points. But none of your big men are gonna go off for twenty five, thirty points on right. a given night when you need them to. Yeah. So another thing is, I think Brad, I think he's. I think he's an overrated coach, or I think he's been overrated in Boston by by Celtics fans, but I don't think it's fair to say, oh, he deserves all the blame, let's fire him and try to find someone else. I think I think it's more the fact, like I said, it's more on Tatum and Brown's lack of leadership and what is surrounded by those guys, and it's just emotionally draining to them, and, and that's what's causing the their slump right now. I don't think... Brad, I don't think it's. I think the NBA, it's a players' league. It's not really a coaches' league, and I don't. Brad, Brad Stevens can only do so much, and I don't think firing him would would do much of anything. To be honest, that's just me. So, so I I don't think that the Celtics should fire Brad Stevens right now. I don't know. You know, we can revisit that at the end of the season. At the very least, I think he should be on the hot seat. Do you agree with that? Yeah, uh, maybe. Yeah, maybe a little bit. I mean, not. I, I don't. I I don't think he should be fired, but I, I would I would look back at it maybe later in the year if if things go really start to go south and they're way out of the playoff picture and and by the end of the year maybe I'd look at it. I don't know. I I guess I just that think- coaching only means so much in the NBA, but I mean, it, Brad Stevens when he first showed up, he injected a lot of confidence into Celtics fans right away just the way that he was able to manage a roster with lesser talented I, players. Yeah, and, and I plug in those superstars, things haven't ascended as he, well as he, they should have so he gets the most out of lesser talented guys but i don't think he's proven yet that he can handle big egos and no he definitely hasn't so i th- I, th- I think that if if things don't get turned around i don't think it would be all that shocking to get rid of him and like I, i'm someone who's very much in the what have you done for me lately crowd and i get that brad stevens has taken the celtics to the eastern conference finals three out of the last four years but the first year he had no chance against the Cavs, and then the second and the th- the so like twenty 
18. Yes, they were down Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward, but that team had home court advantage against yeah, the Cavs, and, and they made it all the way to Game and Seven. Lost. And, the, and, and then Kevin Love the wasn't even past time in the bubble. Like they were, they were a better team in the Heat, and they lost. So I don't know. I think that this team, it's it's a shame that this team hasn't been to the NBA Finals. All that being said, though, as much as I do think there should be pressure on Brad Stevens, I think there should be even more pressure on Danny Ainge. And that goes back to making a move, doing something to try to help this roster. And I think that he his his seat should be just as, if not even hotter, than I Brad mean, Stevens. What were the biggest offseason moves? Getting Tristan Thompson Tristan and Jeff Thompson, Teague. Jeff Teague. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And Jeff Teague, he's had a couple really good games, but outside of that, he has been just trash. I, he, he's just done. And then Tristan Thompson, he's had flashes of good games, but at the same time, h- how much he's, has he really given you? I don't think he's given you much. And the fact that yeah, those were there. He's there to be the defensive presence in the middle. He's not yeah, there to but, really put up points on offense, yeah. but even that, it's it's limited. So if the, the fact that those were their biggest offseason moves is just just brutal and they need to do something and that again though i don't know who those pieces are i don't know who is realistic uh, i've there have been talks yeah, about I mean, names i've heard a john lot of collins. stretch fours he's a stretch four. oh john, john collins, collins. Yeah, yeah john collins i think would be the best one because i've heard stretch fours like harrison barnes jeremy grant and i'm like okay i guess that helps with the scoring but that that doesn't give you like the the big man that you're looking for and I think getting a guy like Andre Drummond, it's like, okay, this is just kind of like a better version of Tristan Thompson. So maybe you kind of look at it that way, but it, it also just, it feels like, I don't love Drummond. I don't love I don't, I don't love, who's I just, don't love Drummond just a big either. man who just stands in this like little 10 foot area on offense. So yeah, I, I would love John Collins. He's a guy that I would really hope that the Celtics can, uh, can at least make a push for, but I I don't know what to expect at this point. I thought last season the Celtics would make some kind of move at the trade deadline, and they didn't. So um, I would hope that if this team continues to find themselves, you know, in the middle of the Eastern Conference, kind of on the verge of uh, missing the playoffs, then they would they would look to do something. So um, I, I trade don't, deadline's I don't, another month away, though. I, I want them to do something, but I don't think they'll do much of anything, and. There'll be there'll be big names that the Celtics were in on, and Danny Ainge will talk about. Oh, we were so close from getting this guy, but we just couldn't give up <laughs> one of our precious second yeah. round picks, so we right. the deal was off. And just it just disappointing deadline after year after year. <laughs> so I, that's what I'm expecting. So there's more to the NBA than just the Boston Celtics. You know, of course, they're, they're our team that we're going to talk about. But let's let's try to look around the rest of the league and maybe talk about some of the, the biggest surprises. Maybe teams that are playing better or worse than we expected. Players who are playing better or worse than expected. Um, who's someone that you want to throw out to get this started? Uh, well, this one's not super surprising, but Nikola Jokic has been a monster this year. And if he weren't on a boring Denver Nuggets team, or if you were on a better team, he probably would be leading the league in the MVP race. But because LeBron's LeBron, he's the one that's leading right now. But I think Jokic, I know I he's perceived as one of the best big men in the league. But I don't think I still think he doesn't get enough. I think he I think he's legitimately like one of the top maybe five best players right now. I think he's yeah, I, I think, think he's the best center in the league. Yeah. and a lot of people won't even give him that. Yeah, I think. I think he deserves even more credit than he he's gotten, and I think he deserves. I w- I would put him, arguably, put him one 
like in the in the MVP conversation right now. Yeah. So I don't know if that's a good choice or not, but that's yeah. one guy I'll go with. No, I mean I think that uh, it's it's pretty incredible that Jokic is playing as well as he has, and yet the Nuggets still find themselves at what seventeen and fifteen, seventh in the Western, eighth in the Western Conference. So uh, they they've they've been disappointing to me. But I think just talking about a team that's a pleasant surprise, a very similar team in the Western Conference, and one that I don't know if this is like a crazy surprise, but it's it definitely uh, has been catching a lot of people's attention. And that's the Utah Jazz yeah. being the best team, not just in the Western Conference, but in the entire league by multiple games. They're 26 and 6. They have been on fire. They started the season 4 and 4. Since then they've won 22 of their last 24 games. I remember and we I remember we both w- weren't in favor of the Rudy Gobert signing or or the extension and how much the he amount got. of money. Yeah. yeah. And I mean I still kind of think that but the the yeah, the Jazz are definitely playing much better than anyone expected at this yeah point. i mean gobert gobert and donovan mitchell have both been phenomenal this year but i think i mean the big thing with the jazz so mike conley has been so much better than he was last year and boyan bogdanovich is healthy he missed the bubble the jazz i mean when when they started the bubble without bogdanovich that basically ruined any chance they had of being competitive uh which is some of the other best teams in the west and Jordan Clarkson is like the leading candidate for six man of the year. He's been awesome coming yeah, he, off the bench for that team. Yeah, Jordan Clarkson has been a yeah a great bench piece ever since last year's bubble. I I, I think he's awesome uh, as a bench player. And yeah, he's, and he's proven that, that this year as well. Yeah, so there have been a lot of critiques about the the Jazz schedule, saying that they they've only been beating bad teams, and I think that's somewhat fair. They they have wins over the Lakers and the Clippers uh the Lakers their last time out both of those games though the the Lakers were missing Anthony Davis and Dennis Schroeder I think the Clippers were missing both Kawhi Leonard and Paul George but they won both those games in blowouts and they've been beating up on bad teams it's not like they're just barely pulling out wins so uh, I I think that the Jazz are legitimate and I think it's fair to say okay well the Jazz even if they're the one seed maybe they'll go to the Western Conference Finals but they'll lose to the Lakers or Clippers in five I don't know if that's that's necessarily a fair way to look at it just because they're the Jazz I mean they're they're the best three-point shooting team in the league right now I think that they're playing at such a high level and it's very sustainable now their schedule coming up does get pretty rough Nine of their next 10 games are on the road, which only means so much right now, but they have to play the Heat, the Magic, the Pelicans, the Sixers. They get a home game against the Rockets, and then it's at Golden State, Boston, Washington, Toronto, Chicago. So this will be an opportunity for them to show that they're still a dominant team, and I definitely expect them to continue playing at a high level. As bad as some of my takes have been over the years, I got to tell you, looking back at my hot takes for for the NBA this year, one of them was the Celtics not doing well, and the other one was the Phoenix Suns being one of the top four teams in the West, and that's actually coming true right now. They've gotten a lot of great play out of Devin Booker, uh, who's a deserving all-star this year, and uh, just looking back at that, that's another thing that even though it was a good hot take, it was it's also still kind of surprising, a little surprising right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I almost think the most surprising thing is not necessarily even that the Suns are playing so well, but they're not really even being talked about. Like, Devin Booker didn't make the All-Star initial roster. If it, if it he's, wasn't he's if in it for, Anthony Davis. for Anthony Davis. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but like... 
I mean, the the Suns are twenty and eleven right now. They're they're the fourth team in the West, like you said, and it, it feels like they're kind of under the radar. Like nobody is talking about them. Everyone's focusing on all the teams that are really good, struggling, or you know, talking about the Nets being great right now. No one's talking about the Suns. They were the bubble darlings. They went eight and zero in the bubble. Like, it's it's really surprising to me that they are not getting the kind of attention that you would think they would, just given how well they're playing and and how much people fell in love with them in the summer. So, uh, I. I wasn't as high on the Suns as you were. I thought they were a playoff team that they they were still a ways to go, but they're they're certainly off to a strong start now. I think in the lines of the Suns being great, you have some teams that are disappointing, like the Denver Nuggets uh, being in eighth right now. The Dallas Mavericks have been struggling. I know they just beat the Celtics, but they're below five hundred. So I think it's uh, you know on, on the flip side, you have teams like that who are surprisingly by and even not the Pelicans. Well. Like we talked yeah, about, I mean, you definitely the, were high on them. And I don't blame you. They got a lot of great young talent, but they're not even uh, a winning team right now. They're 14 and 18. Yeah. Yeah. The Pelicans have, uh, I mean, them being 11th of the West right now, like I, I kind of was thinking that they would be higher at this point, but overall they, they haven't been shocking me. Like they've, they've definitely been disappointing. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the West is a tough conference. I think if you look at the teams at the bottom four, Oklahoma City, Sacramento, Houston, Minnesota, they're not super surprising. And then from there, it's just those top 11, how things play out. And all you get to be is top 10. So just avoid being in that 11 spot that they're in right now. And they have a chance to make the playoffs with the uh, um, the, the qualifying. Right, the new thing. format, what, right. Yeah, yeah, I forgot what they call it. Um. Just shifting back to the East, I think I mean, the East is, is really disappointing. <laughs> you East have three so teams that are great, and then there's such a drop-off. But I do think uh, it's it's worth noting some of the teams that are kind of in that boat. Like, yeah, the Celtics and the Heat and the Raptors are below 500. But how about teams like the Knicks and the Bulls and the Hornets being just a game below 500 in playoff contention right now? The, I think the Knicks have been a huge surprise. Yeah, I the, was the, not expecting them to play as well with Tom Thibodeau as they have been in year one. That's that's where I was going to go with. I was going to say the Knicks because I always make the joke that where the team like, well, at least they're not the Knicks. Well, yeah, they're not the Knicks. They're yeah. worse than the Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> they're exactly right. They aren't yeah. the Knicks. The Knicks are better. I can't even say that now with a straight face. Yeah. No, and, Julius, Julius Randle has yeah. been phenomenal. Right, All-star, exactly. 23 points, 11 rebounds. He's averaging five and a half assists per game. Like he, He's been so good with that Knicks team. Yeah, he, and, uh, he looked great in a Celtics uniform right now since he was taking one pick <laughs> after Marcus Smart. I mean... He's, uh, I think he might be a pending free agent. Maybe there's a chance that the the Celtics can bring him in, but I, I don't know why he'd want to leave New York with the way he's playing. Uh, I mean, if you look at Chicago, they're in kind of a similar situation where they're playing much better than expected. They brought in GM Arturis Kovacinavis. I'm not going to try. I, I'm, <laughs> there's a... Any name with an N-O-V in it is going to be difficult to pronounce, right? Right. Uh, but uh, they, they, Zach Levine has shined with new head coach Billy Donovan. Like he, He's been so good. He's also an all-star this year. And I know there were a lot of talks about getting Levine out of Chicago and trading him, but they've been playing really well. And I think that there's, uh, there's reason to you know want to continue to build around him. Charlotte, Gordon Hayward's been awesome, which has been been painful to see as Celtics fans and Lamella Ball. I mean, I think that he's he's got to be the favorite twin rookie of the year right now with his performance. So I am uh 
I'm I'm definitely surprised that those three teams are playing so well and that they're above teams like the Celtics and the Heat. I don't know if that's going to last, but uh, it's it's definitely a reason for those those fans to be excited about the future at the very least. Agreed. So, any other uh, NBA stuff you want to talk about here? No, I'm I'm just I'm just super disappointed in the fact that the Celtics are. Yes, those teams have bright futures, the ones we just talked about, but they shouldn't be they shouldn't be that far down the standings. They should be at least a four seed right now, and that sucks looking at what their roster is like and how their mm-hmm. team is playing right now. Yeah. Yeah, there's still forty games to go. There's still time to turn it around, but it's uh it's it's definitely looking bleak in the moment. So uh, all right, I guess with that, let's let's wrap up the NBA talk and let's get ready to wrap up the show with five questions. So I'll, uh, I'll get started with our first question. So last weekend, the NHL hosted two games at Lake Tahoe. What were your thoughts on this event and outdoor hockey games in general? So uh, honestly, I thought it was kind of a waste of time going there. And just given that they don't make money off of uh, fans being there because fans can't be there. And that's one of the biggest reasons why they have all these outdoor games is because of how many fans get to show up at, at, at the sporting events and football stadiums uh, for the hockey games. And, and just given the times it's, it, I don't know, it's just kind of weird have all these outdoor games. It's, it's kind of been overdone over the years now, but I will say one couple positives, one, the Bruins, definitely dominate the Flyers, but the Flyers were also missing a lot of their best players. And But another thing that was great was just the scenery. Did I'll admit, I'll fully admit, it did look kind of nice. It did look kind of cool, and it would be a nice place to travel to. Um, but other than that, I don't have too many positives, positives to say outside of the Bruins playing well and the nice scenery. And I don't I, – I guess – get your thoughts on it as well if yeah i mean i thought it looked so cool not Mm -hmm. just kind of cool i thought it looked beautiful like that was such a picturesque scene and they they couldn't do that with fans uh you know just like i don't know how they did it it's put a hockey rink on lake tahoe it's not like there is an actual football stadium that they they set up Uh, i think it was really cool that they did that this is something where they took advantage of the no fans aspect and i get that though because the, the outdoor events, it's all about the fans at this point. They've been doing the Winter Classic for almost 15 years now. And it's, it's I imagine it's getting kind of old for the players, especially if they've already played in this a few times. I imagine some of them who haven't gotten the opportunity still think it's cool. But yeah, it's, it's all about the fans. So moving forward, I don't know if you're realistically going to see more events at a place like Lake Tahoe, but I thought that was really cool just being able to see what it looked like there. That being said, I'm surprised you didn't bring this up as a negative. They had to delay the first game. Oh my like god! Yeah, eight hours because <laughs> the NHL didn't plan for the sun. Yeah, like I mean, that was in one of my initial thoughts, and I was like, okay, I know it's in the mountains, and but they they played a an outdoor game in Los Angeles a couple of years ago in February and it was 65 degrees and that threw off their plants. And like, why couldn't Lake Tahoe be the same way? And it's just open sky, just the sun bleeding down on everyone, melting the ice guys are falling over and they're like, all right, we're just going to come back at 9 PM local time. So midnight Eastern time. I, I thought that was, that was pretty pathetic. Um, I, I don't know why they thought they could get away with it. Playing a game at noon, I mean, I get wanting to have the uh, the nice like 
you know, sun still out for the outdoor shots. It didn't look as cool at night as it did during the day, but it was uh it's like funny NHL thing thinking that they uh they forgot about the sun. I, I don't know what was more ridiculous. The the fact that the <laughs> the NHL had to postpone the game because of the sun or the sun, sunny weather, or because the Genesis Invitational had to postpone because of wind. <laughs> Both of those happening <laughs> on around, the same day. Yeah, like or same weekend. It's just just yeah. absurd that get the postponements because of obvious things that were planned that should have been better planned for. Uh, yeah, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, that was definitely ridiculous as well, but. Um, yeah, I think I just think the outdoor games. I think I think they are cool. I remember the 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 game at Fenway and the game at Gillette. I thought those were great, even though one of them didn't have a great result. Uh, but I think they've also been a little bit overdone over the years. And and I just I don't know. That's just me. I was excited for the Hurricanes to play at uh, Carter Finley Stadium outdoors I, I don't know if i would have realistically been able to go to the game i imagine it would have been a hot ticket but I, I thought that that would have been cool um to potentially be there so once again that's a fan thing i've never gotten a chance to experience that i'm sure they'll continue to do this stuff but you know if you're just watching on tv i don't get excited about the winter classic anymore it's just it's it, it really game. is i know it's there it's, but. it's like going to a red Sox game for us where Watching on TV and like you have it on the in the background as mm. background noise, but when going to a game, it's still like, this is this is yeah. Still I fun. mean, you can this say is... the same thing about hockey in general for the most part. Like I always have way more fun at games than watching it on TV. But yeah, I mean, I I I get that. It's it's all about the fan aspect and just being able to enjoy the uh, the opportunity to see a hockey game outdoors. And this year you didn't have fans to do that. So you had to rely on the background and then you had to rely on there not being sun and oops, there was sun. So we're going to play at 9 PM when it's dark out. So yeah, uh, you know, it, it could have gone smoother, but I think that it was still a, it was still a cool event. So. All right. Question number two, NBA top shot has become the next big thing in the digital collectible market what moments would you most want to own yeah so i guess um you know before getting into this too much i I think it's kind of worth talking about exactly what nba top shot is so i'm not really uh all that uh well versed when it comes to things like blockchain and cryptocurrencies and all that stuff but this is that's basically what it seems like to me where it's like yeah it kind, you get it kind a, of is like in that. this case, it's a moment, like a like a highlight or something, and you can buy it and then try and sell it for a profit. And it's it's just like the idea that okay, wow, this this shot is worth this much now. Maybe it's worth a hundred dollars, but oh, in a year from now, it's gonna be worth a thousand dollars, and you're gonna make a big profit off it. I think that's kind of what the idea is with it. That would right? be so. I did make an account, but I haven't bought anything yet. Yeah, but, interesting. But it it just it intrigues me that like yeah, I would. That would be like one of the biggest reasons why I would, I would buy a, a pack of cards. Uh, highlights is to make a profit out of it. And I, but I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. I just have too many uh, questions about about it and how much how much can I get out of it and if it's realistic to uh, be as profitable as the more experienced uh, people in buying top shot cards i don't know i've had i also have questions about it as well you but, buying a lamello ball dunk in 2021 for 15 dollars is like buying a bitcoin for 15 dollars 10 years ago and then now 
10 years later, you're going to be a multi-millionaire when LaMelo Ball becomes the, the best player in NBA history. Like, you sell this dunk for, for millions of dollars. Like, that, that's, like, the idea. Yeah, right? that, that's kind of the idea. It'd be nice to get that Anthony Edwards dunk that happened a week or two ago. Yeah, if you remember yeah that there play. you go. Yeah. Like, Something like so, that. Anyway, in terms of top moments, so the the first one that immediately comes to mind, I don't know if this totally counts because it wasn't actually during a game, but the uh, Kevin Garnett, anything's possible, like yelling that out after celebrating the uh, the Celtics NBA Finals win. Right. Um, if it has to be a during the game, how about Kevin Garnett, his uh, his like bank shot and one. Oh, foul I remember the one against in, the Lakers. In, yeah, yeah, late in the second game? quarter of that game. Right. Um, I know exactly what you're talking about. Where he. Yeah, it was a bang shot, and he uh, fell back, and yeah, and yep. got an and one. I know put him exactly up by twenty, one. and yeah, that was uh, that kind of felt like the uh, one of the like seal the deal moments early in that one. Um, outside of the Celtics, a moment that I think would be really awesome: Stephen Curry's uh, deep three pointer against uh, Oklahoma City that buzzer beater a few years ago. Um, that would be awesome. That and the the one where he broke Chris Paul's ankles. If you know exact behind the back, you don't remember uh, that. Oh was, yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. That would I know any any awesome Steph Curry highlight that I would love to have that as a moment. Um, so one that's it's not my favorite by any means, but I imagine this would be a top seller. The uh, well, I guess it depends. I don't know because obviously there's a famous picture. I don't know if the highlight itself and like the moment, how it works in NBA top shot, but that, uh, the LeBron dunk when he was on the heat and you had Dwayne Wade kind of like celebrating on the baseline, that's just become an iconic image. I imagine that moment would have uh, a lot of value to it. So that would be a reason I obviously wouldn't personally want that as a collectible. I would just want it to make money off of it. <laughs> so no, that, those uh, are, and then those are I good have, choices. So a couple more. So just going throwback, Michael Jordan, Game Six winner, NBA Finals, uh, I against Byron Russell with the uh, the fake push off that everyone wants to say is a push off. Yep, game winner. That that would be there. And then way way back throwback, Havlicek stole the ball. John Havlicek steal Game Seven, 1965 Eastern Finals to send the Celtics to the NBA Finals. So how about how about those uh, are all moments? How about malice at the palace? Just a fight, <laughs> just to, just Ron Artest. Honestly, yeah, Ron I didn't Artest even just cross kick, my mind that yeah that'd yeah, be Ron awesome Artest one. just kicking a fan's ass in the stands. That might be the actual top seller on NBA Top Shot. Yeah, I you you went with actual good plays and good players, and I'm like, how about how about a fight? How about how about yeah. how about Brian Scalabrini with a sweet layup? How, how about that? Uh, <laughs> some something. Allen Iverson stepping over uh, Derek Fisher. Yeah. Just, oh yeah. Derek oh, or, uh, Tyron Lue. Ty- Tyron Lue. Yeah. 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 It's some, like some NBA hit coach. Something yeah, just something Lue. absurd. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, those would be my my choices. <laughs> Uh, See, I don't know how it works. I might have thrown out a bunch of things that aren't actual moments. Yeah, like, I'll you admit, have to I say don't like this. Uh, Kemba Walker three pointer against the Mavericks the other night. That's that's the best moment you can get. See, the thing is, I, but, I'll admit, I haven't. I wish I researched more into it, and I wish I maybe even bought a pack or or a highlight. Just to see but, what it's like. Yeah, exactly. I went on just the website, just, and they were just hyping up Tyler Hero the entire time, just like a bunch of random Tyler Hero highlights. That, but like, yeah, that's uh, the thing. I don't know how far back you can go in terms of the highlights i don't know if it's just this year or last year or yeah his were from last year but i i don't know i think it'd be cool to have some all-time moments but i wouldn't be surprised if it's it's uh 
more recent than that. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Okay, so question three. Twitter is planning to test a new subscription feature called Superfollow that allows users to charge for exclusive content. What accounts would you consider super following? I hate that I don't have a straight answer for this question because I did like this question. Um, I obviously would pick something sports related. Now, I mean, the first couple of people that came to mind were were, were Adam Schefter and, and Woj. Like, does that even count as... Yeah, I agree. Those are actually two of the first that came to mind. For okay, because well. those are the two that... Would it's like, I, oh, I gotta find out what when when this player is gonna sign exactly and, you know, all that those yeah, what trade goes down oh this big trade happened you can only find out if you pay four ninety nine to super follow Woj yeah like there's a part of me that I would pick those two but at the same time maybe I could just find out for free from some other from some I other would think so reporter. yeah right I don't know I mean I know those are the two big bi- big dogs in the in their respective sports but I mean maybe I could just get for free from some other account but i don't know uh, those are the two names that came to mind and uh, I mean, there are a couple other people like uh dfs pros that i follow on twitter that maybe i like their information a lot whether if it's entertainment wise or 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 df daily fantasy sports wise that maybe i would have better insight having their information or their knowledge while other a lot of people other people wouldn't and if i paid for because i i pay for a lot of accounts or a lot of websites and, and not just related to that, but also like Boston sports, sports journal.com. Uh, I pay for, and, yeah, I, I pay like, for some Pittsburgh sports subscriptions. Yeah. I pay for ESPN plus like I, right, I'm and that used too. to so, paying for exclusive content. Exactly. Like that. So like I pay for exclusive content, but they're not on exactly Twitter is the thing. No, so if I can only like, get on that's Twitter, that's what it keeps coming back to me where yeah. it's like, yeah, I can pay to, for some like funny accounts like that put out great content. Like I can, I get paid for to super follow like sports teams or sports figures, but I don't want to do that. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to pay $5 just to what, what even news am I going to hear that I'm like you said, you're not going to be able to hear elsewhere just to be able to watch a video. You're like, Oh, Hey, four ninety nine for this. And there's, there's, there's like nobody that I would. Super that, that's follow. why. And that's just, that's why I had. A, is it gonna go? That's why I like, had a tough time with this question because my my first thoughts were Schefter and Woj, but it's like, oh man, I can just get the same information from yeah. probably others, even if it's not as quick. Uh, so that's why, even just, though as much as I like so this question, silly. I didn't have a straight answer outside of those, those two, and maybe a couple other guys uh, that didn't come to the top of my head and. I don't know. I I love I love uh, the SpongeBob account called Fred My Leg, and I it gives me it makes my day seeing the SpongeBob quotes and and how accurate they are <laughs> on tw- uh, for their Twitter accounts. Maybe I'd pay. Uh, you would pay for that. I would probably pay for that because googling of, SpongeBob memes exactly to, to finding yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I uh, I mean, I'm I'm just wondering like how. How uh, soon is it going to be before, like, politicians start getting into super follow, like, governors and stuff? Like, oh, yeah, for uh, for the, the low price of four ninety nine, find out when you're in line to get the COVID vaccine. Like, is, is that how crazy we're going to get with some of these things? I mean, Trump would Trump would probably probably would have been a Trump probably would have been a super follow. Right? Oh yeah, I'm sure. Like I would have paid, of, oh, I would have yeah. paid not to see his tweets. If that's if that's yeah. A instead thing. of just like blocking people, it's like okay, you can pay five dollars yeah. to continue seeing my content. Uh, I I realistically though, I think that the the only people that are going to really like 
capitalize off super follows at least in the beginning maybe eventually to get normalized but i think it's going to be like your only fans accounts like they're basically just going to put them out of business that, that's all it's going to be people are going to super follow that they're going to pay for that like they're already doing on other sites that that's that's what it's going to be so um yeah i don't think that there's anyone that i would i would super follow like i just i'm not excited about this feature and look People are always talking about, oh, why? how is Twitter still free? Well, look, this is what you get. It's no longer free. So thanks for all those uh, those responses to things that should not cost money anyway. So, All right. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Question number four. Uh, this is a short and sweet one. What is something that you have tried that is a lot harder than it looks? Podcasting. It is a very difficult <laughs> thing that you and I do. We uh we put in a lot of hours, we put in a lot of lot of lot of time, a lot of effort. Not everyone can do it, you know? I'm sure that a lot of people have tried, but hey, you and I are the we're the we're the heroes here. We're doing stuff. Uh, you know, it's it's difficult and uh I, I think that a lot that, of people should appreciate us. That right? is a perfect answer. This is harder than it looks. I'll admit, maybe I stuttered too much, but I also try to do as much research as I can. And sometimes that's hard if you're working as well. And mm -hmm. so because oh, of I that, I, I try to do as much research the night before or days before. And, and you know what? Naturally, the one easy part is that is that I definitely already listen to a lot of podcasts and listen to a lot of radio stations in the car already. So I'm already kind of doing work or research for the podcast already. So that's, I yep. guess, the easy part. But when when you're working nine to five and you have a podcast at six, you don't want to, yeah, you don't want to, you can't, you so. can't just research until the last minute. And so I, I'm, I definitely feel obligated to try to do as much research, research as I can beforehand and well before and like the day, the night before and, and write down notes. And I don't do that as much as I used to, cause I want it to be more natural and not just sound like a robot reading off of a script. But yeah, I'll admit it is actually harder than I thought it would be, especially with all the tech tech issues too. Oh my god! Oh, I know. Uh, this is like our <laughs> seventh episode. I'm still like, can working. you hear me? Can you hear me now? Like, oh yeah. my, oh my mic isn't on, or oh this isn't plugged in. I, I'm still dealing with that crap. Yeah. So yeah, it is actually harder than it looks. That is actually a good. Was answer. that your answer to this? Yeah. You know what? I was gonna say skateboarding, but. Oh no! I, mean, I, I have I other answers. I suck. Too. I suck at skateboarding. Any anytime yeah. I've the few times I've tried it, but that's a way better answer. Yeah. So I'm gonna change it to that <laughs> podcasting. Okay. Well, I I mean I I did say that somewhat as a joke, but like I I absolutely no that that is that a re true. That is a good yeah. answer. I will actually um, pick that too. <laughs> so I two <laughs> two uh two other things though just to throw out there instead of trying to just hype myself up. Um, golf. Like oh I my feel god, like golf! Yeah. In my head, golf should be so easy. Just hitting the ball. Oh, it goes straight. It goes this distance. And okay, you keep going. Eventually, you putt and you par out on the hole. It is not that simple, and it will never be as easy as in my head. I and thought, I, I thought because I played baseball and that was my best sport for, as 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 a kid. It was my best sport, and I was a pretty decent contact hitter. I figured, huh, hitting a golf ball like that shouldn't be too hard. And yeah. I whiff mm -hmm. all the time. I'll have the occasional shot in the driving range that will go when when I was in high school when I would go to the driving range, I would have the occasional shot that would go 
like 175 to even maybe 200. I'm like, did you see that shot? Did you see that shot? Let me, let me try it again. <laughs> yeah. And then the next 99 times I try, it's just I'm just whiffing it. And the the even the occasional backwards shot where or the ball goes backwards or and. I'm, okay, I mean, I I've never hit it backwards. I have yeah, actually, I, I I have actually have hit it backwards. <laughs> as not a joke. Yeah. I, when you hit the the bottom of the tee and the ball just goes yeah. up and at it. Yeah, I mean, I. I I kind of get the concept. I, I've 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 had a lot more frustrating shots and great shots in golf, but yeah, it's just like one of those sports where it just it feels like it should be so much easier than it is. And I know so many people struggle with it. It's like you hear everyone is not a great golfer, and it's it's just incredible how the pros can be so consistent. Like. They never. They don't need to have mulligans or anything. They're always just hitting it great. And yeah, sometimes they'll have a shot go a little, little left. They have a little bit of a slice. They get lost in the woods. But it's so rare. Whereas other people, it's like every other hole just has nightmares. That, for them. That's why it gives so. me joy to see a tournament that is very. The, the, the scores are not good at all. Where a lot of them are shooting oh, yeah, over right? par. It's like yes, like US they know Opens. what it's like uh-huh. now, or yeah, they know what yeah. it's like to not play well. It, it feels, yeah, it, it, it. I get joy in seeing that, and so I, I hate when a tournament is like a straight up birdie fest because it's it's kind of boring when everyone's scoring well, and it's just unfair that these guys are so much better than the regular person at, at golf. And yeah, and that and that's a reason why I like in mini golf when. When me, you, and others have gone, like I try as hard as I can in mini golf to win because I know I'm I'm not gonna win at all in actual golf. So I, I have <laughs> yeah, to win your, your in mini only golf. Chance. <laughs> That's my only yeah. chance to win any sort of golf anything. So one other thing I'll throw out there: um, playing the guitar. So growing up, I played piano. I took lessons for years, and like I I wasn't like Beethoven or anything. I was I wasn't anywhere good enough to uh be able to put on concerts or anything or but you learned some you know, tunes like a band but I, I i was decent at piano and i thought because i played piano oh guitar was like easier like piano is a difficult instrument to play guitar it's you just pick it up and just start strumming and make music and every time i try to play guitar it sounds nothing like i think it will like i have no idea how to hold my hands and i'm sure if i took actual lessons and put in the effort i could be able to play it but yeah, I, uh, I I think that guitar is uh, something that's it's much harder. It's not as simple as just picking it up and you just strum and you can kind of make noises that sound good. It's it's definitely not that simple. You, you now that you mention it, how about Guitar Hero? Have you ever played Guitar Hero? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, that that is Hero. even harder than it looks. And uh, yeah, and sometimes I even cheat by 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 placing the guitar down and and just clicking away instead of actually oh instead of holding it like instead of actually holding it like it's like like a wii remote yeah on the ground (laughs) exactly yeah Yeah, and even that obviously of course i still fail i don't know would that even be like any easier it it, it, i can't do it the actual real way so yeah Yeah. i yeah guitar here our friend kenny uh who we had on the podcast he he used to be a a stud at guitar hero he was always so good he threw the fire and flames an expert like he he isn't unreal uh yeah i i could never be like that i was always decent at the drums on like guitar hero was it like rock band rock band yeah yeah rock band i i had rock band growing up so i I loved playing the drums but yeah the guitar i i've never been that great i i can hold my own at best on hard i cannot not play expert difficulty Uh, i I couldn't even play easy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, I that, was that. I was just that pathetic. bad. I was that bad. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Last question. 
Um, Pokemon is celebrating its 25th anniversary this weekend. What is your favorite Pokemon game and film throughout the franchise? Uh, all right, so you're going to have to carry me through this one because my Pokemon uh, knowledge is very, very minimal. But I do, I, I did play a little bit. I think I've talked about this before. I don't know if it was on air or not, but uh, my favorite one, my favorite game was Pokemon Stadium. Uh, there are definitely a yeah. lot of... Um, I feel like you've said that before. Yeah, there are definitely a lot of mini games uh, in Pokemon Stadium that I liked. And then my favorite Pokemon was Charizard. Uh, I always used him in the the, the showdowns. That's a classic answer. Yeah, uh, I I just, I just think he's he's cool with the fire, the breathing fire. Yeah, no, he absolutely he looks is, badass. So. Uh, and uh-huh. I, I always used him. I always used Charizard in in, in battles, one on one on one, and he was it, just the best. So I like Charizard the most. But again, I'd rather have you carry the conversation for Pokemon because my do you have a film to throw? Film out? I. Uh, I don't even have one at the top of my head. I would have to, I really don't. Like, <laughs> okay. I, I don't think I, I think I've maybe seen one Pokemon film, but I don't even remember what it was. I think yeah. it was called the first movie. I'm not joking. Yeah. That, that was literally the first movie. Yeah. Pokemon, I think that's, movie. I think that was it. And I watched Maybe it when YouTube. I was like five years old. And I don't even remember much about it, but I remember yeah. a little bit. And Pikachu. Being yeah. So <laughs> before I was obsessed with sports, I was obsessed with Pokemon as, as like a little kid, Pokemon was my life. I loved playing the games i i didn't love the tv show and like the movies as much uh i i barely remember those but i i would always love playing the games i would always like help people in like class and at summer camp because i I was so good at them Uh, um they were just they were the absolute number one thing in my life and uh I definitely stopped being a big Pokemon fan by the time I got to middle school. I can't tell you any new Pokemon that has shown up in the last, whatever, 15 years now. And I know that it's still going strong. So um, my list is very much a big throwback. I apologize to any current Pokemon fans who uh, think that it's gotten You have better, to apologize? Have to <laughs> what about I- me? I, I barely got an, a, a yeah. answer. Out okay, of it. you're right, but like I'm I'm over here at least like pretending to be a Pokemon fan. Anyway, my favorite Pokemon of all time is Suicune, a legendary Pokemon from the second generation. I don't know fully the reason why. I think part of it is because my first game I owned was Pokemon Crystal for the Game Boy Color, and Suicune was on the cover. So maybe like subliminally, I'm just like always gonna be attached to Suicune but I always thought that Suicune was so cool and like the the whole like water ice thing that Suicune had going on um yeah Suicune number one and uh a number two I'll throw out there is Umbreon who is uh an evolution of Eevee from the second generation the uh the dark type and the biggest reason why I love Umbreon is because my favorite game in the series, Pokemon Coliseum, starts out with Umbreon and Espeon as like your your starter Pokemon. And uh, Coliseum, I loved so much. That was for the GameCube. I've I've talked about it on here before. How it's it's one of my top five favorite video games of all time. That was a game that was a combination of the second and third generations. So Johto and Kanto, if I or no, Kanto's the first one. Johto and Hoenn, uh, those two regions. So uh, those were my two favorites. Really, that was when I started getting into the game, like, you know, the games, like playing them and like really being a fan of the franchise. So uh, 
to me, Pokemon Coliseum had had the best of that, and it was also fun just being able to to capture shadow Pokemon and purify them. So, Coliseum is my favorite game. In terms of my favorite film, like I said, I wasn't as huge of a fan as of the anime. I definitely watched it, but uh, it doesn't resonate with me as well as the games do. So for me, I, I think that my favorite film was Pokemon 2000 because that was the one with Lugia and it had the, uh, the guy on his like giant hovercraft that I thought was so cool. Uh, I only remember so much of it. I know it had like all like the legendary birds were part of it and like controlling the weather and stuff. So um, I don't know if I'm going to go back and watch it. That's definitely like my weakest answer here in terms of favorite Pokemon stuff, but yeah, I uh, I definitely loved Pokemon back in the day. So that being said, Pokemon is celebrating its 25th anniversary tomorrow, Saturday, the 27th, with like a live concert. And I don't plan on tuning into it, but Post Malone actually dropped a cover of Hootie and the Blowfish's Only Want to Be With You for that. Do, have you heard it? I, I So I've heard the news, but I haven't heard the song okay. yet. I heard the, yeah, I heard it's the like... Though. I don't. I listen to it. Not as good as the original. It's a definitely a post Malone spin on it. I, I love Hootie and the Blowfish. I love Darius Rucker. I feel like I have to because he went to the University of South Carolina. He's we have the same alma mater. But um, I think it's really funny how uh, a lot of people are realizing because in Post Malone's cover he says the Cowboys make me cry because he's from Dallas. He's a Cowboys fan. A lot of people are realizing, wait, he wasn't talking about literal ocean animal dolphins. He was talking about the Miami Dolphins football team in that song. I think it's just like hilarious because I, I knew right away when I heard that. Oh, it's like, oh, I guess he's a Miami Dolphins fan. Like, why would he be talking about literal dolphins? So that uh, that definitely lit up the Internet a little bit. All the non-sports people. So, anyway, that's it for our five questions. I will say I do have a bonus question. Uh, Six years ago today, the internet was taken a storm by this. So, I'm going to ask you, what color is the dress? Oh, my God. (laughs) It's blue and black. I remember this. Is that what you see? Yeah, I see blue and black. I see white and gold. Yeah, it, I, it, I I'm pretty sure it's blue and black, but I I still always see white yeah, and gold. Yeah, and I I see. Blue I don't and black. understand. I remember going to the bank, uh, uh, Santander Bank one day, and as I'm I'm as I'm getting my money or withdrawing my money, or I actually went up to the teller, and yeah, I couldn't help but just asking her what color is this dress? I, I get on my phone, I show her and like, oh, it's, what was, what did you say? White and gold. White, white and gold. Yeah. They, they all of them, all the employees said that. And I'm, I'm just like, not <laughs> one person here thinks it's blue and black. So the entire, the entire bank said what you said. And I, yeah. I, I was, I was kind of <laughs> disappointed. I just wanted one person to agree with me, but, but, uh, I know that that's how I remember it. That, cause that was the first, those are the first people I asked what color is this dress? Yeah. That's such it's such a shocking concept to me how people see two totally different color schemes. And I I've seen the actual dress, like whoever did it, they advertise it as blue and black. They said, This is it, it's blue and black. And I'm like, that makes so much more sense. It looks better as blue and black than it does as white and gold. Yet my eyes, six years later, I saw a picture again today, still white and gold. And I, I don't get it. I don't it'll always I, be I white n- and never, gold to me. I never saw I never saw. I only saw blue and black. So yeah, we're I, complete opposites, but we only saw one color or one. 
one combination of colors. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I assume most people only see either white and gold or blue and black. But yeah, yeah, crazy stuff. Um, so anyway, that will do it for today's episode of He Has Done It. So uh, we just recently created an Instagram account. And we would love it if you want to go follow us there at He's Done It Pod. The same thing as our Twitter account. We'll uh, we'll post other content. Of course, you'll get links to the the podcast on there, but you'll also get some stuff like different graphics and videos and things that we create. So uh, definitely check that out. For my co-host Brian Wells, I'm Corey Novotny. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>